0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: One thing that popped into my mind during while we were talking about like standings and and the state of the Bruins and where they're at at the unofficial like halfway point of the season, even though it's a little bit more than that, is that I was like, oh, well, I'm going to check how many games until... The trade deadline there's only 16 games left for Boston until the trade deadline and it's just a little bit over a month away from now when we're recording on on January uh 28th because it's um March 8th is the trade deadline uh so 16 games to to kind of figure out what you need uh and and solidify a team and and you know that that being your last opportunity to to try to fill in your gaps whatever they may be at at that point in the season, we only have 16 games coming up here before we're starting to talk more seriously about trade options. Obviously, we've had those conversations throughout the year. You know, goalie trade, brusque Are you bringing in another uh top six winger? But now that we're we're kind of getting to the point where those conversations are going to start heating up, and we're going to start hearing other names connected to the Bruins, or, or you know. It's about that time of year is what I'm trying to say. We're we're about to head into trade deadline talk. I think a lot more coming up.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes because I still feel like feel like it can shift a lot during that time. Like all along, we and probably everyone else has been like, oh, they're gonna need another score, another ideally top six forward, maybe, you know, top nine, maybe a third line is fine. But whether it's a center or a wing, like it's got to be a forward. Now all of a sudden, where they're scoring as much as they are, not that I'm saying you know you're all set there. Like I don't think any team ever feels like they're all set. You know, even even last year, as Bruins added on both defense and it up front. Um, but like what they can do and where they decide to prioritize, we know you know they've already traded away a bunch of picks. They don't have a lot. Coming up, that they can move. They don't have a ton of high end prospects, um, but you know, I do think that the, there's questions on defense too. Like, you would love if over this next month, the the left side especially settles in. Whether that's Grizzly really picks up his play. Now we got to see where Forbert's going to be at after you know reaggravating or another injury or whatever it is what do you have in Mason Lori Like, can you count on him this season or is he still a little too early in his development curve to really be, you know, potentially an everyday player for you by the end of the regular season, heading into the playoffs. Like you would love if all of that got sorted out internally and you feel better about it. But right now the reality is that Matt Grizzlick has mostly struggled this season at the very at at best has been inconsistent. Forbert has been injured a bunch and is injured again. Lorai has showed flashes, has also had some growing pains, has been up and down. Is back in Providence right now. Parker waterspoon nice story for sure, valuable player to have, but you know I don't think he's playing like top four come playoffs. Um, so that there there is stuff to get sorted out there too. So uh, this, this is an
0: unfair question because it takes a little bit of research and, and, and um, opinion, but I'll ask it anyway because why not? Uh, is there anybody um, in particular that because now we're at the midway point of the season, you can start to gauge that unless there's, you know, some sort of 2019 St. Louis Blues storyline, which sorry to poor salt and that wound, but um, you can look at, towards the bottom of the standings and see, all right, to Bridget's point, We're talking 16 games away from the trade deadline you can start to see what teams might be thinking about being sellers personally it's it's too early for me to have really done homework on on those teams and uh what players might be sold or might might become available at the deadline um to really have a bit of a wish list same for you guys have you started to look at some of those bottom teams to see who might be selling and pieces you might think the bruins could look to acquire
2: I So, I mean, there's some teams that are, you know, I think almost certainly going to be selling. Ottawa, Montreal, um, Buffalo, most likely. Columbus, although I don't really know what they have for pieces. That's a pretty young team. Um, you know, I, Chicago, again, a team that's way out of it but doesn't have a lot of pieces. Um, Anaheim probably move something. Calgary, Calgary remains the most interesting. I think that's where a lot of these conversations start. You look at things like different trade boards, and it's a bunch of flames at or near the top of it. Um, they're still not like totally out of it. No, they're, they're only
1: four points out of a wild card spot.
2: Yeah, so what exactly they're thinking is, in many ways, that's going to like totally shift what's what happens this trade deadline because because they have so many pending free agents and it's like either you you think you can go for it and it's worth hanging on to those guys even if you don't re-sign them or you say you know what maybe we're close but we're not going to get there let's get something for these guys and obviously that's Elias Lindholm Noah Hannafin Chris Tanev um, possibly others but yeah, and then San Jose is another one who's way out of it. Their guys they could potentially move have some term, like like Thomas Hurdle, his name always comes up. So um yeah, that's I guess sort of like a quick overview, but Calgary is really the most interesting one.
1: Yeah, and I kind of I get the sense based on how ownership has dealt with stuff in the past in Calgary that they they're willing to just like call it a season and just be like we we'll get them next year, <laughs> like we'll start selling, try to recoup some assets and yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Sorry, Bridget, you were
1: saying? No, I pretty much finished. What I was uh,
0: looking looking at the Flames, like players that could be of interest to in the Bruins, I feel like they carry some heavy contracts. And like, I mean, Blake Coleman, I think like he 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 got himself a bag a couple years ago after leaving Tampa. Um, He's their leading scorer right now no, it's not Kadri or um, Lindholm or Huberto or, you know, it's, it's, it's Blake Coleman, interestingly enough. Um, But Kadri is another one, like Kadri, I think, you know, he signed a big ticket after his time in Colorado, Huberto did. Um, Lindholm, we've talked with him in the past. He's on an expiring contract, but yeah, it just also, it kind of like, like, does it even fit financially for the Bruins? Some of these players, you know, do you want to take on a Blake Coleman? I don't have his contract in front of me. I just know he signed, Probably an uncomfortable amount for maybe what he is, but then again, he's also their leading scorer, so I don't really know.
2: Yeah, he's got four years left, four point nine million. I, I mean, unless he demands a trade, I, I would think they probably hang on to him. But, um, I, I mean, the thing is, is like for this year, some of those contracts are for Elias Lindholm, four point eight five, Noah Hannafin, four point nine five, like those are relatively affordable for this year, especially when you're going to be talking about every contender is pretty much already up against the cap. So you're talking about either having to move some salary out to make it work or retain salary somewhere. Um, Those small cap hits for this year, you know, could actually be pretty valuable in terms of a team acquiring those guys.
1: I Uh, like Noah Hannafin. I just wonder how much you'd have to give up for him. Like, Noah Hannafin yeah. would be a great addition, but that he would also be a great addition to other other contenders.
2: Right, yeah, I mean, so, he's, he's, he's a top four defenseman in his prime, so the, yeah. that's going to, yeah, it's going to cost, and that's going to be the question, is, like, can the Bruins do something like that? Because Well,
1: think about what they had to spend for Lindholm. They had to give up a first-round draft pick, and they, we've talked about how they've gotten rid of most of those that they can move, and, you know, they don't have a lot of draft capital, so.
2: And and I will also say, and this is getting ahead of things a little bit, but it just feels like it's worth mentioning, like if this injury for Forbert ends up being serious again, if he does go back on long-term IR, that frees up $3 million. So now, you know, you would be in, in terms of being able to add salary, you would be in better shape to be able to do that. Obviously it would mean, you know, you've lost Forbert for the season, which presents its own problems in terms of defensive depth, but.
0: So I think we're, we're getting towards the end of this episode. Um, I guess one last thing we can discuss uh, today is we've talked about it in the past. I mean, the Bruins can't, you know, what, what constitutes a successful season, right? Most would say playoff success, especially following a successful regular season Bruins can't do anything about that for, you know, three months. Um, two months or so Um, what can they do in the meantime the second half of the season to make sure that they are as prepared as possible to not allow history to repeat itself um, this spring I mean obviously the NHL is a competitive league not every first round exit is is created equally but obviously the Bruins they want to they want to get past the first round what what how can they continue to create good habits health is important obviously that's kind of obvious but aside from health if you're Jim Montgomery, what are you doing this year? Maybe that's different than last year to keep this team ready for for when it matters most.
2: I think it's, you know a lot of what he's been preaching all season, which is that this team's identity and the way this team's going to have to win is winning battles at the net front. It's getting not one but but multiple bodies to the front. He said Saturday, um he was asked, you know, areas he still thinks they need to improve. And he said in, in the D zone, winning battles at their own net front, he still thinks they can be better. And we have seen that crop up as an issue at times. So I think it's continuing to harp on those points. And um, it, it would be a good thing if the Bruins have to keep doing those things in order to win games and rack up points. If If all of a sudden, like, they start running into a string of games like Philly where, They can just, like, run teams out of the building. Like, that's almost not a good thing because then you can start to win games without working on all those habits and and developing them night after night. Um, But I don't think they're going to have a lot of games like that. Like, I I think they're – I think it's going to be a competitive second half where there's going to be a lot of teams fighting for playoff spots, playing desperate, and the Bruins just aren't – they aren't that head and shoulders above other teams in terms of talent.
0: Well, look no further than February alone cannot allow them to get comfortable because, first of all, you're going to be battling rust after the All-Star break, but you look at their February schedule, Bridget just mentioned Calgary's a matter of points outside the wild card. You you come back home, you play them. Vancouver, who's atop the standings with you, Washington, um, Tampa, Seattle's pesky, the Kings, Dallas, top team. Uh, Edmonton hasn't lost since the '80s. Calgary again, Vancouver again, and then Vegas finishes off the the, the month. So, you know they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of big tests, a lot of different teams, different different places in the standings. But everybody has something to play for, and and so February alone, you can't you can't take any days off. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: if, if you look at March too, they they have to play Toronto twice in March, and Toronto is a team right now that's in the wild card, and not not exactly where we predicted them to be at the end of the season so you're getting some more of those rivalry games in the later parts of the season as well they have one game right before the trade deadline and one game right after the trade deadline with toronto
0: i actually think i saw somewhere recently like in the last 48 72 hours that the bruins might have and scott you might be able to see this on one of your uh websites but i think they have the second second most difficult strength of schedule for the second half of the season the bruins might if that's true. Well, that that's, makes
1: that's sense. Good. That makes sense because the first few weeks of the season, we we're like, okay, they're starting out against you know Chicago and Anaheim and and different teams that San weren't going to post. Yeah, San Jose.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't have that number in front of me, but that's probably. I mean, just looking at the teams, like it clearly looks like a tough schedule. You've got a couple, you know, a couple more Carolina year you're getting two with Tampa when they are now starting to at least look like some semblance of Tampa again. Whereas early in the season, they were struggling. Um, you know, you mentioned Edmonton, like, by the way, I think Edmonton in Los Angeles, it's like, they just completely traded um, like their seasons. Like Edmonton started awful and is now the hottest team in the league. The Kings started incredible and have now been terrible for, like, the last few weeks. And, you know, all of a sudden there's talk there about them firing their coach, Tom McClellan, and, like, it, it's crazy. Like, those, those two in particular just, like, completely flip places in that Pacific division.
0: Um, another another team that Bruins play a couple of times in the last few weeks of the season is Florida. So they won't let them <laughs> – you know, sleepwalk into the postseason. Bridget, yes, we gotta get some lunch in the USS. She put she, for listeners, Bridget put in the uh, in the chat, gotta 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 go soon and get a cheesesteak. And I think amen, amen to that, Bridget. We are we agree. Um uh, before we go and and stuff our faces with some uh some um we do want to mention that midweek we're gonna be having a, a full mailbag episode. It's obviously the Bruins are off with the all-star break, so it's a perfect time for it. Um, Scott, do you want to tell the peeps where they can post their questions again so we can see it?
2: Yeah, you can email us skatepod at wei.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at the skate pod. You can throw your question into the the comment section on YouTube. Um, we check all of them. So any, any of those work.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a wonderful work week. Enjoy the all-star game and we will talk to you on Wednesday.